Good morning and welcome to a Vision for You Sunday special edition. We have an incredible presentation for you this morning. And before we dive into that personal story of the abundant spiritual gifts that abound in recovery, a commercial update on our convention, The Power of the Big Book. For those that may not have heard, A Vision for You is set for convention. The Power of the Big Book convention is November 15th, 16th, and 17th, 2019, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's just coming up here in about 33 days. That's when the curtains will go up. The deadline to register, though, however, is in 11 days. In 11 days, the deadline will be here, so don't hesitate. Grab a convention seat right here today. We're going to be connecting live and in the flesh. We are all starving for social connection, people. We will not have this again for two whole years, and that's if God is willing. This is it for two years, unless God has other plans. Do come where there is support and all thrive alive. A vision for you is on a mission to reach every compulsive overeater who still suffers. Help be part of that message that we carry each and every day, the message of freedom. You want freedom? Then you don't want to miss this. We've been doing this together for seven years, over seven years, and it's time to broaden the scope and make a plan. But you'll miss out on that plan if you're not here. Double down on that hesitation that keeps trying to keep you from registering. Turn that over. Trust God. Be sure and run to register for this life-changing experience on our website. And that web address is www.avisionforyou.info. And that's the number four there. You'll find all the information for registering for the convention and for reserving your room at the hotels on that website. Oh, there's additional great news for you today, though, too, I wanted to say. These are precious commodities, but two rooms at the Marriott have just come open as of yesterday and are available for anyone that wants them. So email me, Melanie C at Clem at Peak.org. And that's C-L-E-M at P-E-A-K dot O-R-G. Two rooms for you to purchase. Don't miss them. Oh, and another goodie. I just read the bulletin board today. Race it to find out. There's three fellows that have posted that are looking for roommates, so that will help share the cost. Also, again, that's at our website, www.avisionforyou.info. Hurry. Convention deadline, 11 days. Let me remind you. So with no further ado, let's move on to today's Sunday special edition. And let me say another hearty, warm from the heart, good morning to everyone, and welcome to special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, October 13th, 2019, and my name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Wilsonville, Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, October 11th, 2019, are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study share ID number is 13508. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting, the share ID number is 13510. This morning, A Vision for You presents Protect the Gift. Here's some phenomenal news for all of us. We have inherited the great fortune to live free from the disease of compulsive overeating, therefore a gift, passed down by those that blazed an improbable trail. Every single one of us, a promise, from the front page to the last page, through chapter after chapter of the big book, 
we read step-by-step, story-by-story of how to. How to set ourselves up for transformation. How to get what those that went before us have gotten. From gutter to glory. From weakened and shaken to victory. From insanity to sanity. By the power that is found in the pages of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. This is the assurance seen of every single recovered addict that dared to venture into this world. We are told that it is promised. We honor those people that found courage to dry out so that we may live to see another come to life. We honor them, and how do we honor them? By following literally the guidelines, the directions that, have come to, that we have come to learn reconstructs lives. No hybrids here, folks. That's for gardening. The big book uses the word precisely, which is strictly stated, fixed, and exact. That's strong language for fellows to do, that do not like rules or regulations and like to add a bit of this and a bit of that to make their special and unique into their mix. But the evidence we could, do, we could not deny and is very clear. People gathered and lived again precisely. This is a spiritual transformation that requires daily maintenance. What a requirement. But it, we are also told to hold on to that because what God has done for us in these pages is miraculous. Page 14 is one of my favorites. To establish and maintain the new order of things is the essential requirement. Steps 1 through 12, order of things. That's my ad lib. What do we do each day to set the right, set right, the day right, I'm sorry, moving in the right direction? What do we do along the way to recalibrate, reconnect, remind ourselves about what a gift we have? In humility and willingness, we set up practices suitable for remaining connected to power. Today, the topic is protect the power. How do we daily protect the power? Because it is a gift. Protect the gift is what I meant to say. Because it is a gift from power to spiritual power, from those that blazed the trail before us and for those of us that come crawling through the doors each and every day crying for help and hope behind us. Our special guest speaker today will tell the tale of what it was like to be in the active disease, what came to break it all down, and how the gift of recovery was delivered and how to protect that gift day in and day out. Our friend in recovery came all the way from California this morning to share this, his rich story with us today. He is a very active, dedicated member of Overeaters Anonymous, vested in paying forward the promise that he received as a result of working these steps. So rise and shine and wipe the sleep from your eyes because you are going to be amazed before he is halfway through this morning. So help me today welcome Orab to the line this morning who's going to come on and teach us just how he protects the gift. Good morning, Mr. B. This is Ori from Los Angeles. Am I still being hurt? Hello? Hello, hello. Just barely, but can you speak up at all? Yeah, I can speak up. Uh, So, yeah, this is Ori from Los Angeles. Oh, man, my heart is beating a million pumps per second right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to start off with just a serenity prayer. If you want to join in, you can. If not, it's all good. Uh, God grant me the serenity 
to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, I will not mind be done. I'm going to start off with um, on page 8 at the top, first paragraph in Bill's story. He says, I who had thought so well of myself and my abilities, of my capacity to surmount obstacles, was cornered at last. Now I was to plunge into the dark, joining that endless procession of sots who had gone on before. I thought of my poor wife. There had been such much unhappiness after all. What would I not give to make amends? But that was over now. You know, I was recently reading this with a sponsor, and we were just going through the work, as we do. And I just thought about, you know, the, the endless procession of sots. You know, before Bill, I just think of, I just think about all the untreated alcoholics who died as a result of alcoholism and it not being recognized as a disease at that time. It was a big problem. And I just think about all the the families and the generations that had been destroyed as a result of alcoholism. And somehow circumstances aligned to where Bill was touched and he was chosen for this message that I've benefited from today. And I think about all the overeaters in the world who are suffering and dying as a result of compulsive overeating. I think about the overeaters in the rooms who are still suffering. And, you know, I've been in programs since I was 19, um, or actually uh, my mother, she brought me to program when I was 16. At 16, I had no clue what was going on, but it was a social affair. I, I, I did, just didn't have the level of awareness to, or self-awareness to even know what was going on. So when I came back in 19, um, I, that's that's when I marked my, my journey into recovery, when I had to come back on my own without my mother. And... Um, I just think about how long I suffered and how long I was tortured by compulsive overeating before I was fully open. And going to page 14 in Bill's story, and this is more connected to the topic um, of Protect the Gift. In the middle of page 14, he says, for a moment, I was alarmed, and I called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I were still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked, finally shook his head, saying, something has happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. And that's how I feel about the recovery that I have today. 
something happened to me just over or something happened to me just over three and a half years ago. I was I was in relapse for about three years before this this round of recovery. And in this last relapse, um, I got up to 485 pounds. It wasn't my first relapse, but it was my, uh, hopefully it's my last relapse. I've been in program since, like I said, I've been in program since I was 19, and I've had several stints of so-called recovery and longer stints of relapse. And looking back, um, none of those periods uh, were equal to what I'm experiencing today in this brand of recovery that I have today. And three and a half years ago, something did happen. I uh, I was six months out of treatment and uh, treatment in the eating disorder facility. And I was falling off again. And um, the progress that I had made in that one year of treatment, um, I was starting to lose it. And honestly, no parts of me wanted to come back to program. The last thing that I wanted to do was come back to program. But I was faced with impossible choice or what seemed like an impossible choice at that time. It was either go back to treatment again or find a you know find help find some other help. I didn't want to go back to treatment, and uh I knew that wasn't the answer, so I started to pray, and I knew intellectually you know my prayer was like, God, you know, I need to get back always the only place where I know people are experiencing real freedom. You know, but I had all I had I had a lot of prejudice about pro program coming back. You know, I thought I was too. I thought there was something different about me to where I couldn't truly get it, because like I said, it wasn't my first relapse, and you know, in my mind, program just didn't work for me, or something in me did not allow me to receive receive the gift like others had. So I started praying, and um, God came to me. God came to me. God, God, God gave me His mark, and I texted a friend that I had known for years, and I asked her what to do, and she told me to go to an event that uh, the LA Intergroup sponsors every year called July Fourth and Apart. And usually 60 to 70 people come out to that event. And uh, in the past, that would have been the last place that I wanted to show back up to. But I was desperate. And I know I didn't, I, you know, my prayer was just, God, please help me show up. And I showed up. And that's how this recovery started. It started with just, you know, praying and asking God to help me show up on a daily basis. I just wanted relief. You know, Bill W. talks about that bitter morass of self-pity. And um, what I remember most 
about my state of mind, my state of being three and a half years ago was just the darkness. And, you know, not only just not only living life at 485 pounds is really tough. It's hard. It's, a, you know, that physical, just living physically at 485 pounds is difficult. But what I remember most about that time, um, my last relapse was just the darkness. And I don't want to return to that darkness. And that's why I'm up at 5 a.m. being of service and sharing my story. Because there's nothing glamorous about that way of life. You have to be mentally ill. And, you know, it's like I, I just think about an illness of a sort. You know, this is definitely, it's an illness that's different than any other illness. You know, not only do I suffer but it touches everyone that I touch. I couldn't show up for family. I couldn't show up for work. I couldn't show up for myself. I was killing myself. I was destroying myself. I couldn't show up for life. In that state of mind, that you know, my best idea was to shut the blinds and get it as dark as I could in my house and order as much food as I could you know, I ordered so much pizza that the Domino's guy knew who I was because I would order every day at the same time. You know, I would post-bake food in because it got to a point where it was physically difficult to fit into my Mustang. And even if I did drive somewhere, I had phobias of people looking at me and seeing me and how big I was. So I just got to a place where I started just ordering food, and I was a shut-in. I couldn't show up for life. And that's why I feel like, you know, that something that happened to me is precious. This thing that we have right now, you know, if you're experiencing recovery, if you're experiencing freedom from the obsession, it's precious. And I may not get it back if I go back out. I know in the past, part of my trouble was, you know, it's like, oh, you know what, I I eat, I is is I broke my abstinence this time, I'll get it back. You know, I had this. It, it wasn't even a conscious belief. It was something inside of me that just, oh, I'll get back on. I'll get back on. I don't have that anymore. I think those points have expired. I'm not sure how I don't I'm not sure if I could come back if I went back out. And you know the the obsession of the mind the the it, it, the illness has progressed to the point where you know if I went back out I don't know what types of twists and turns my mind the, the obsession would play on me to keep me out. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. And like I said, I don't want to go back to that life. He says, continued on page 14, Bill talks about, my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all of our affairs. Particularly, was it imperative to work with others 
as he had worked with me. You know, that's where my life is today. It's transition from being a taker to being a giver. The constant thought of others, that is not my natural instinct. It's all about me 24-7. Or, or what is it that I want out of life? You know, if I think it, it's right, full reliance upon my, my, my brain and my reason to get me through life. And that philosophy just didn't help. You know, Bill W. talked about being landed on the rocks. That's where I was three and a half years ago. And, you know, I feel like people that are in recovery, people that are experiencing the gift have been chosen. It wasn't, all I did, all I did was reach out and ask for help and the spirit came. And that was before I got back into the steps. That was before, that was before, and I just started taking direction again. And somehow I started to explain. You know, one day, I, uh, the way my, my sobriety, my food sobriety started was I just got an idea of let me try and follow my food plan today. Or not my food plan because it wasn't created by me. It was a food plan that a di- my dietitian treatment had provided me. It was just the same balanced um, food plan. And I just, I just got an idea one day. Let me just try one day on this food plan and one day turn it into two and two days turned into three. And at that time, another idea came to me that I needed to show up every day. And I helped me show up in a way that I had never shown up Because one thing that helped me learn was that I needed to be immersed in this all up until up until this point, it was it was you know I, I look back and I'm not doing this to criticize myself. It was half measures. Half measures always felt like I had one foot in and one foot out. I had never fully given myself to this way of life. You know that honestly, I didn't want this way of life. I didn't grow up with aspirations of you know being tolerant and loving of others and you know. Focusing on, you know, having constant, constant thought of what others need, meeting others' needs. Like that wasn't what I wanted in life. Like that, that was no, that wasn't even a part of my, that wasn't even on my radar. So, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm fading in and out. Okay. Um, hopefully I can be heard now. I'm talking directly into the phone. So, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought.
God pick me. God save me. And my work has been in how to protect that that I received. My prayer was God help me show up, and that continues to be my prayer. God help me show up. I need this thing. I'm a real compulsive overeater. I need a transformation in my thinking on a daily basis. Because without this program, without this daily work, I will return to who I was. And that's not, you know, that is with no doubt. I know that for a fact. My mind is always working back. And I have to stay, I have to, you know, it's a dog fight. And I have to keep my foot on his neck. And part of the way that I do that is doing my meditation, doing my daily inventory, working with others. It talks about if we fail to enlarge on our spiritual, perfect and enlarge upon our spiritual life, we will go back. And part of the way that I do that is working with others. That has been a profound gift. There's nothing that gives me the same satisfaction as when I'm working with a sponsee and when I'm taking them through the work, when my nose is in the book, when my nose is in the message. That saves me. I didn't want this design for living. I really didn't. And it really has given me my life. It has given me a life. I want it now. I know I need this now. Because without it, I'm going back to that 485-pound guy. His best ideas was ordering Domino's pizza every day. His best idea was to tell his sister that when family events happened, to not call because he wasn't going to show up. His best ideas landed him in treatment, unable to show up for work. I don't want to be that guy anymore. And for three and a half years, my work has been in not being that guy anymore. And it's not just the food. So much more has been given to me the way I approach life, my relationships are improving. I'm no longer prone to misery and depression, as mentioned in the bedevilments. I'm not making, you know, life is way lighter now. I feel useful. I feel like there is a purpose, even though I don't even know what that purpose is for me. I feel like there's a purpose for me somewhere, like there's a path for me. I feel like I'm truly living for the first time in my life. And it's only as a result of doing what I've been told to do and following direction. 
I never thought that following a food plan, you know, following measurements and having a dietitian who gives me direction on how to eat, I never knew that surrendering that part of my life would provide so much freedom. I used to hear people talk about weighing and measuring, and I felt like, oh, no, it felt like it was too too restrictive, and, you know, it's like it's impossible. There, There's no way I'm going to be able to do that, and here it is that I can do that. And it, it, it provides safety for me. It's like I can go about my life. I never thought that having neutrality around the food was even, like, I, I read that for so many years and heard other people experiencing that. I didn't think that was possible for me. I thought, you know, my food getting wonky, slippery, a little bigger, I thought that was just going to be, I thought that was just going to be, you know, I don't know, like, I, I just didn't fully believe for myself that having neutrality was possible, and today I'm experiencing neutrality. When it talks about, you know, finding a, finding a design for living, that, that, that can sound really problem. It, 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 it's, I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think that it was possible that when I'm faced with uh, indecision or a challenge in my life, and I and I can go into prayer and then I receive answers. I didn't think it was possible to, you know, go through life without needing to use. I was destroying myself, and I didn't see it as destroying myself. That's the trick of that's the trick, the ultimate trick of the obsession, right? The ultimate trick of the illness. I was killing myself, and I couldn't see that I was killing myself. If we go to a doctor's opinion. He describes it in a perfect way. And let me pull that up. He says, men on page XXVII. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. This sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. At 485 pounds, I couldn't even wipe myself properly. I would go days and days, maybe a week without showering because of just the physical effort it took to get into the shower and to clean myself. That became normal. I was breaking chairs and breaking toilets and breaking beds. And that became normal for me. And that's why I feel so fortunate that I'm not that guy today.
because that's the that that was my existence at that time. That's how I was living. And somebody's typing right now. Thank you. Melanie, how am I doing on time today or at the moment? You have lots of time if you want it. I would say a good 30 minutes if you want to take it for loving what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I think I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, I would like to open it up for questions at this point. Okay, hang on just one second. Let's get it all set up for folks that are interested in asking questions. And thank you. for sharing so much of yourself this morning. And so, if you are interested in asking Ori a question this morning, if you would give the first name of your name. I'm a little bit cattywampus here. What I want to say most importantly, let me get the share ID number out for this for this particular Sunday special edition, put that in order here for you to have. And that share ID number today for Sunday, the 13th of October, is 13. 513513513 and so it is time for Q&A Ori's all excited about doing that for you this morning if you give me your first name and the first initial of your last name we'll get you in a lineup here for Ori This is Larry J Vicky D Hi Larry Hi Vicky D Rita S Hi Rita S Julie EB Julie EB Loretta H. Loretta H. Yolanda A. Yolanda, hi, Yolanda. Sam S. Did I hear Pam S? Is that what I heard? Sam S. Pam, like P, like Paul, Pam? Um, S is in Sam. Sam S. S A M S. Okay, great. Thank Yvonne you so much. Okay, let's go. Okay. Let's see who's who's the last one there? Yvonne D H. Yvonne D H. Okay, got you all down here. Nice lineup. And uh maybe those other than Larry K would press star one on your phone keypad, we could eliminate the background noise. There's some lovely birds or something going on there. So we have Larry K, Vicky D, Rita S, Julie E B, Loretta H, Yolanda A, Sam S, and Yvonne A D H. So Larry, it's Suzanne. your question first, please. Suzanne Everyone else, F. please press star one. Go ahead, Larry. Hey Mel, can you hear me okay? I can now. Thanks so much. Okay. Okay. Thanks for your service, Melanie. Um, oh goodness, Ori, I, I think I met you in LA last year, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. But what a yeah, yeah. It's so great to hear your voice. 
just so appreciative of your share. Thank you. Um, it's so powerful. Yeah, I have a question. I definitely have a question, but I just want to say it's so powerful for me when I can hear the message of somebody like me that just came from the depths. We all have our own narrative and, and from the depths of um, and the despair of this disease and to see that person come back to life. So there's the, the, the short commentary and of, of appreciation for you. Thank you. Um, now the, yeah, thanks, Ori. Now the question, um, you know, and perhaps you get this question or some variation of this question, Ori. I know I certainly do, probably others do as well, is, you know, people try to understand what it took, you know, to get to that bottom to where we can trust in a process that we, we, well, for me, I didn't even necessarily believe in, and I had nothing in my experience to suggest it would work on any level. And so I'm wondering, part of your story, Ori, as far as getting to that point, or if you have any, any words about your experience of uh, that, that, that starting point um, of, of trusting in this process, if you want to say anything about your experience with that, I would, I would really appreciate it. And thanks again for your, your share this morning. Yeah. Does that question um, make sense? Yeah, I, I hear you. And, you know, I do get that question. And that's a difficult question because, you know, I really do feel like it wasn't anything that I did that got me to this point except suffer. You know, um, it took a lot of pain for me to become open, for me to come, become truly open and to receive this message, like, and to, to, to be sold on the ideas in the big book. Like, I'm one of those guys that had to fully exhaust all my efforts before I could be open to receiving this. And, you know, I, I don't know what I can tell people. Um... Like, I wish I had something to expedite that process so people didn't have to suffer as long as I did. But I know that what's different now is, number one, I don't trust in my thinking anymore. Like, I fully believe that my mind does not work in my favor all the time. And that's what, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't have that faith in my, in, in my, in confidence in my, in my ability to think my way through life. And that has put me in a place to where, you know, it, it, it makes it easier for me to rely upon the spiritual solution because I don't believe it. I, I like, I don't. I, you know, like Bill, he got to that place where it was just like, you know what? I of myself don't have it. I failed at the business of doing life. It's like my higher power, my God, whatever the universe gave me 35 years of trying to work it out on my own. And I failed. <laughs> I failed the test. And having that just that extensive experience and it not working on my terms has just given me ability to fully trust and rely. Um, and some, you know, like some people may need that. Some people may need the experience of fully exhausting their efforts, their thinking, 
before they can be truly open. Um, I was one of those people. And um, I, that's the, I guess that's the best way I can answer that question, Larry. What an inspiration you, you are. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much, Larry K, for the question. Vicki D., your question, please, and then Rita S. Hello. Yes, thank you so much for your service and for your qualification. I really appreciate it. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about when you began to really think you might actually get this and yeah. the fears that came with that, and which are necessary, I know, because I don't ever yeah. want to go back, but it's just kind of terrifying. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is with this with this this round of recovery, um, even though I was abstaining, I knew like it, in my in inside I knew that I was going back. It was like I was doubting I was doubting the recovery the whole time, and there were days where it felt like my skin was on fire. Because I wanted to, I wanted to eat. You know, I, I just knew that I was going to have to get a velvet chocolate velvet cheesecake, or I just knew that I was going to order up some Domino's. And somehow, in those moments, I would text somebody, I would call somebody, I would show up at another meeting, and. Some people do 90 and 90. I almost did 120 meetings in like 100, 120 days or something like that. And it wasn't, you know, it, it it was just I knew I needed to show up every day. I knew I needed to connect with people every day. Like connection was connecting with other people on a daily basis, multiple times out the day. I needed that level of immersion. And, and and I still had moments where I felt like I was going back. And somehow one day kept, you know, one day after the next turned into the next. And it happened one day where I was putting away chairs or put, setting up chairs at uh, at my home group. And the thought came to me, this is really happening. The thought came to me. Like, it, there was a moment where it was like I was looking at myself from a third-person point of view, like, oh, this is exactly where I need to be. And it was just a feeling of, like, and this was around maybe six months in where I felt like, oh, I think I'm I'm back on. I'm back in it. And that was a great feeling because up until that point, it felt like a dogfight every single day where I just knew that I was going back. I knew that this was just another fail. This was just going to end up another failed attempt. And in the midst of that thinking, I still showed up on a daily basis. And like I said, it came. I just remember that moment vividly where, like, I thought, oh, this is happening. I'm back on. I'm back in it. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, I think I answered that question. Thank you so much. Really helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Vicki D, for your question. Rita, ask your question, please, and then Julie E.B. Star 1, Rita S., it's your turn for your question. 
This is Rita S. in Florida, and um, I haven't stopped crying since you shared. Most of my questions were answered. Mm. I'm tired. Living this freaking awful life. And I, you really, all my questions were answered. I, I know it's going to come, and I'm not going to quit. I can't say much more. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. You're welcome. Thank you, Rita S. Julie E.P., your question, please, and then Loretta H. Yeah, thank you so much for the depth and weight of that share. And um, for me, that's the real truth, you know. Um, and uh, I just love to hear from you about how you continue to fight this uh, battle, let your higher power fight this battle, how you continue to take action and place your thoughts and actions in alignment in steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, because it's so easy to let up in the gas and, you know, people, I have get, you know, recovered sponsees, other people, they're like in it, and then it's like life happens. And uh, for me, um, I know, I, I just can't go back. I don't have another um, recovery necessarily in me like some people might. Um, but um, I, um, I just wonder how, what it is that keeps you working this and uh, protecting this gift, um, what that looks like in 10, 11, and 12 for you. Thank you. So when I hear 10, 11, 12, you know, and I'm going to be real. I went through a, a period of time. So it, it, initially in this in this recovery, I was really rigid, and there wasn't a day that I didn't miss my daily inventory. There wasn't a there wasn't there wasn't a day where I wasn't running my ideas by others. There wasn't a day that I, I you know I didn't I didn't let a day pass that way. And like you said, life did happen, and my life has gotten bigger as a result of this work and I went through a period of there was a day where I didn't let meditation my morning meditation go by um, my nightly meditation go by and there were there were there, there, I went through a period of time where I just wasn't as motivated to do those things and I would talk to my sponsor about it how I'm not showing up in that way I, I'm not as dedicated anymore I'm not doing the work as outlined, like I should be doing, you know, I was making excuses, oh, I'm tired, things like that. I went through a long period of that. And then um, I got into, a, you know, as a result of one of the gifts that I've received, you know, in this life now is being in a relationship for the first time in my life. And, you know, being in a relationship has, uh, it's like, I don't know how to, how to explain, it's like excited adding accelerant to a fire, I guess. Like, I mean, that's the best way I could describe it. Like, it, it, it's brought up so much. And I've been crazy. Um, like, it's just brought up so much. And uh, I talked to my sponsor about it, and he was like, well, he's a part of the reason you're crazy is because you're not doing daily inventory. And right there was a moment for me was like, oh, like, 
it, it just it was a reminder, oh, I need to be doing daily inventory. I need to be running my ideas by others constantly. I need to stay prayed up. Like it's it was like I know I needed these things. I went from a transition where it was the the four hundred eighty five four hundred eighty five pound life was motivating me in the beginning, and then as I got distance from that, I started to lose my my the 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 thinking of oh I'm gonna go back to four hundred eighty five pounds that that started to the power of that started to become less, and now I feel like I've discovered the new motivation to do to do the to the work so I can be sane, so I can be right mind like the pain of who i was may not longer have the same power and motivation but now just the pain of being in the bondage of self and the craziness of these new experiences and things that come up have become the new motivation and i've been reinvigorated in the sense where you know now i'm back to the guy where i'm not i'm not letting an inventory go um, I'm not letting a day go by where I'm not checking in with others and, you know, and talking it out and sharing in real time. Um, I'm not letting a day go by where I don't do any meditation and connecting with God. Like I've, I, I found a renewed sense of, oh, like I need connection for this life that I have. Um, it's like I, I knew that, but it, it seems like I'm growing in that awareness. Like, I, you know, like I never felt the desperation of, you know, oh, I need to work with sponsees. Like that's the way I protect the gift. That's like that's the way I keep the lights on. That's the way I pay the meter. It's like I need to be working with people. And you know, before I had a resistance to that. And uh, even though logically I knew I needed to be working with others, but now it's something inside me was like, oh, I need to, if if I don't start working with others. Like there's a desperation to find people like Bill when he was hanging around hospitals or, you know, <laughs> trying to pull people off the bar stool. That's where I'm at now. And it, it just feels good to come to that within myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Julie E.B., for your question. Loretta H., your question, please, for Ore. And then Yolanda A. will go after you. Hi. This is Loretta H. from Raleigh, compulsive overeater, anorexic, grace with God's absence for today. And Ori, thank you, thank you so much for your healing share, for your work that you do, and for all the grace that God's given you. My question is, because you did mention, and it is about the food, but it isn't about the food, that you were in treatment. How do you take your sponsees through the doctor's opinion when and I, I I'm assuming this that you actually were given a p- food plan by a professional, and that's my story too because I didn't know how to eat mm-hmm. because of my disease. I'm an anorexic and mm-hmm. I have learned how to eat in this program. But how do you pinpoint and talk about their alcoholic foods? Because I had a professional and I just um, I get very confused about that so thank you yeah so you know in my history like you know I've done I've done the no sugar no flour 
I've done the uh yeah, like I've done those things in the past and the difference today for me in my recovery or in this recovery I should say is is binary in the sense of are you using or are you not using? Um and I I believe that some people I can't say this. I had to come to the realization of what was real for me in that sense. Um, and going through the doctor's opinion, what, what, what I'm trying to assist a person or a sponsee with is coming to the realization of what it is that you get high off of. Um, out here in California, I'm a part of a... Um, a, a group of men we call we're like the, the sober eating guys, and part of part of our deal is number one, getting out of the business of doing food, getting out of the business of making food based decisions, and part of the way that I do that is having a dietitian. That's number one. Number two is not not making unilateral food decisions. So, you know, when my dietitian specifies one cup of rice or four ounces of protein, I'm not making a unilateral decision and saying on a day, oh, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna have five ounces or I'm going to have two cups of rice. Like, I don't make those decisions anymore. Number three, identifying what it is we use. And for me, you know, number one, I use by overeating. And the way that I combat that today on a physical level is by following specific amounts. And that's something that I came to kind of on my own where I had to get real and honest about what it is that's my drug. Desserts, things of that nature are my drug. I've never used ketchup as a drug. You know, that, that that's just, I had to get honest and real about that. And once I got real about that, you know, I, I would take that to my dietitian. Like, okay, this is what I need to do. Um, can you work with this? Because I had a dietitian who initially believed in all foods fit. That no, I, I can't. I can't roll with that. And luckily, she understood about um, the. She understood about eating disorder, OA things like that. So she accommodated me in that way. She knows I don't touch certain foods. She knows that. I need specific amounts. She knows that I need clear, thick boundaries. I, I need no play in it. And we work that together. We work that out together. Me, well, it was more her um, making those rules. And I guess that what I would, what I try to impart upon my sponsees is coming, getting real about what it is that you use, how you use food, how do you get high off food. And getting out of the business of making food-based decisions is very important as well. But, you know, I can't force-feed somebody that. That person has to come, you know, that person has to come to that realization on their own. Like, what is it that tr what is it that triggers that phenomenon of craving for you? What is it that you are allergic to? Um, yeah. Thanks so much. 
Loretta, oh, you know, Melanie, and, and one more thing, one more thing. Mm-hmm. And also, in the doctor's opinion, what the doctor's opinion helped me see is that I'm ill. It, it, it really helped me see that I have a in, – in, in my treatment experience helped me see this as well, is that I have a mental illness. When it talks about being bodily and mentally different, it, I mean, I had this, like, this moment where it was like, oh, duh, yeah, I'm, of course I'm bodily. Not everybody experiences being 485 pounds. Like, that is a rare accomplishment, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Like, that, that's a rare experience. There, there is something extraordinary about me that I became 485 pounds in the way that I ate. So, of course, I'm bodily and mentally different than others. Not everybody has that. That's a unique experience. So I need extraordinary measures. And part of that is, oh, you know what? I can't eat like everybody else. I need clear boundaries around the way I eat. That was part of my acceptance of my condition too, Uh, really getting that on a core level that I'm not like other people. I don't react the same to life as other people. So, yeah. Thank you, Ori. Yolanda A., your question, please. And then Sam will come in after you. Um, Thank you so much, Ori. I um, have so many questions and hope for the opportunity to talk to you um, offline. But the one question that strikes me in my heart, because I, too, am in the process of coming down from very high numbers, is it takes so much food to get that high, to get in the, on the scale. And when you are in the program of recovery and coming down um, on the scale, what do you do to fill that void? Because the food, for me, was there it was rainy, it's sunny, somebody's wearing polka dots, I'm inspired to eat whatever, um, and I'm lonely, I'm bored. When you have put that food down, it filled a void. What mm. do you do now to um, fill that gap that food was filling for you? That mm. is one of my questions. Mm. So you live... You live. Um, I started, okay, so initially, the, when, in those moments where I felt like my skin was on fire and I was about to, I was about to eat, you know, I would make calls to people, but there was also a technique where I would take cold showers just to change, just to change my body chemistry. Um, then I started like the void, you know, I couldn't just show up to meetings all day. Um, every well, but I did show up every day. I would go to meetings, but I start to just do activities, things that you know, I I, I would go for drives or, um, you know, I would just go walk. Um, you know, I just started to fill my life to just look for activities to do, and. I just had to start living. Um, 
and you look. There's no magic pill that's going to get. Look, there's no no magic pill that's going to get rid get get rid of that feeling. You know, even though I prayed, even though I talked to people, even though I showed up, I like I still had this feeling of like wanting to eat. I still felt that void. It didn't make it disappear. Um. And, you know, that's why I feel like I'm a soldier. I really do feel like I'm a soldier in recovery because sometimes I just had to sit through the discomfort. The incre- I can't even describe Only somebody who's abstained knows that level of discomfort. Sometimes, you know, it would be 7 o'clock, and I would just jump in my bed and pull the covers over my head and lay in the fetal position just to get through a night. And that's why I say it was a dog fight. So I was scrambling to find activities to do. Um, I was finding, you know, opportunity, more opportunities to be with others. You know, before, yeah, I don't know if other people have this experience in other areas, but like in a way, the fellowship is not um, seeming like compulsive overeaters. They, you know, we go to meetings and fellowship. We just disappear after the meeting. I was looking for people that wanted to do fellowship. I was asking people to do fellowship and just just to get through the hours. Um, and today, I mean, today is it's totally different deal. I mean, it, it, my life is rich with activities. I I am not starving for any activity. Now, as a matter of fact, I'm now reaching for opportunities just to relax. It's overflowing with just great great stuff and um yeah so it's a little bit different now but even in the midst of all these activities even in the midst of this big life i have to still stay vigilant um just just like before um because now it's just new levels of opportunity of learning um and connecting with god um so yeah yeah thanks so much yolanda for your question Sam S., your question, and then Yvonne D.H. Hello, um, this is Sam S. Thank you so much, um, Mel, for your service, and Ori B. for your share. Um, Ori, just a question for you. Has your concept of your higher power changed at this um, level or this round in your recovery journey? Has either the concept evolved or just your awareness or connection to? Thank you. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I don't know what God is. I really don't. I just know that there's, I I just know that there's something, like there's something at work in my life and in me. And I have full faith in this process. I know that, and, and, and I also believe that what I I believe God is everything absent of, um, like God is reality, and, and, and the only time that I, there in the, there's reality, and then there's what I make up reality, of make up about reality. So there's what's happening in the world, and then there's my what, the spin that I put on the world and I feel like God is the purest sense of reality in what's happening in life and if I just take away if I just focus on taking away my spin on it 
and my judgments, my criticisms, or my fears, or, um, you know, if I can neutralize my filter, how I'm perceiving life, that's God. Like, everything that's happening, the way it actually is happening is God. Um, like, the, I know that sounds... Uh, that's the that's that's the way I look at it today, and God is just the, the power, the ability to see life the way it really is versus what the spin or is putting on it. So it's just like I don't have to really focus too much on. I don't really focus too much on, oh God, God, God. Like what I focus on is just like let me do the work to get rid of the selfishness, the self centeredness, the dishonesty, the fear. God help me. Help me do the work around that so I can see the way things really are. Help me, you know, help me do the work around that so I can show up how you need me to show up. Um, and that's the kind of the way I look at it now. And and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baby in this, so I'm sure this is going to evolve over time. That's just where I am today, three years and some change. So, you know, look, I'm not a spiritual guru right now. I'm just a baby. I'm still learning. So that's the best way I can describe it for right now. I just know that power is there, and I know that God is in the reality. Yeah. Thank you, Sam S., for the question, and Ori, for your answer. Yvonne D.H., your question, please, for Ori. Thank you. Hi, Ari. Um, thank you for this wonderful speak. Um, after before your recovery, I understand that you were in OA two, and that you came to relapse. What was the difference? What made the difference exactly? That uh, between the first time and your return to OA that it this time worked from the beginning. Is there a question, an answer you can give me? Yeah, I think that, the, uh, I believe it's in Bill's story where uh, after talking to Abby, you know, I'm not even, I'm not, a, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not even saying, there was, a, there's, he said that I must have this thing. Like in, in this idea of, yeah, I transitioned into I must have this thing. Like, of course, I'll have this way of life. And I think that's the major difference. It's no this 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 is not optional in the sense of I can take it or leave this way of life. Like, oh, I have to have this in order for me to live. That that's like that is a that is a a revolutionary shift for me when I stepped into that and in into that think in that into that that frame of mind of oh I have to have this thing like for for whatever reason um, my life is who I am or this life has put me in a position where I must have this that this is the only hope for me if I'm ever going ever to live a life and be effective in this life. It was uh, just a full realization of what I am, like my nature, and 
there was a and I can describe this moment where it felt like uh, I'm supposed to be in program just who I am as a person who just this being of me I need to be in I'm supposed like it's my destiny to be in program I know that sounds weird but it was just a feeling of oh this is my walk in life and I fully accepted that and now it's progressed to a point where it's like I don't I'm so okay with that I used to fight I used to fight this way of life I used to feel like it was a ball and chain around my neck, something that I had, that I was forced to do. I didn't want it. And now it's at a point, it's like, oh, I'm grateful for this gift. I gladly accept and I go willingly. If this is, if this is what, if this is what fate has, 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 has provided me, then I'll take it and I'll, I'm going to run with it. Um, so that that's that, that it was just a shift in my thinking that happened, and like I said, the only reason that I got to this point was because I had fully exhausted my efforts. I was graced with the opportunity to live on Ori's, you know, Ori's, or you. I was I was given the opportunity to fully exhaust all my efforts and my thinking, and that cleared the way for okay, you know what? Perhaps there's a better way, and this is the better way for me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Yvonne D.H., for your question. Does anyone else have a question today for Ori? If you do, press star 1 on your phone keypad and give your first name. The first time I show your last name. Hi, N.K. Nancy L. Nancy L. Linda G. Linda G. Marla S. Marla S. This will be the last invitation, the last round for questions this morning. If you have a question, Judith R. Judith, hi. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Is that it? All minds clear this morning? No questions? Going once. Going twice. Caroline P. Did I hear Caroline? Yeah. Do you like Paul? Is that true? Do you like Paul? Sorry? Oh, we'll catch it. Okay. I was just trying to see if it was P like Paul. Yes, it is. Okay, great. Thanks. Very well. That's our lineup then. For O-N-M. Suzanne okay, G. Nice round out there. Oops, we're going to get some more here. Suzanne G. Yes. Mm-hmm, gotcha. Rosie F. Rosie F. All right, I think we got it this time. Okay, thanks so much, everyone. This is the way it's going to go for this as we conclude then the question and answer Time, Ann K, Nancy L, Linda G, Marla S, Judith R, Caroline P, Rowan M, Suzanne G, and Rosie F. So we're going to go back up to the top of the list with Ann K. Your question, please, for Ori. Yeah. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, um, uh, you know, you shared something that I, I hadn't heard before, that uh, my uh, my reality is may not be real, that uh, today what was right, uh, yesterday what was right, today is wrong. Uh, I have that um, feeling about a lot of things. Um, um, and uh, uh, I do want to share that uh, it was my 11th year anniversary of no Diet Coke, no sweeteners, no gum, no coffee, no decaf coffee. Uh, I'm, but I'm still really a beginner because I've, I've just learned the, about the effect, even though I've gone through the doctor's opinion a num oh, many times. Um, I don't get the effect from, um, uh, you know, alcohol. So, so I, you know, I couldn't relate to that. Um, I never did. Um, um, and I have a, a specific question. I have some autoimmune diseases, and mm. my fruits are very limited. Um, mm. And um, one is very nutritious for me, but I overate it. I, that Jabberwocky was talking to me, and I, I didn't measure it. I got the I had the effect. Do mm. I just toss that? You know, okay, that's a binge food. Or do I try again? I don't know. I'm really uh, power. You know, I wonder what you have to say about that. Yeah, you know, that I, I kind of yeah. mm -hmm. understand what you're saying. You know, so my my food plan, um, I'll give you an example. Like my food plan allows corn chips. Like I can, I can eat, I can eat corn tortillas. Like my food plan allows two corn tortillas. And I never, it, it doesn't trigger a reaction where I want more. I need to have 10 corn tortillas. But it's something about corn chips. When I eat that, there's like, my, there's a feeling that happens. There's like an almost an adrenaline release. There's something that happens physically where it's like, I want more of that. And even though my food plan allows it, even though my dietitian will allow it, it doesn't work for me because it triggers that that more feeling. And it's not just normal more feeling where, oh, I can have this in a couple of days. No, it's a thing where I want this right now. I don't want any parts of measuring this out. I want to go wild with this thing. If it triggers that, I don't need to be having it. Even though, you know, like, and, you know, I see people eating corn chips with impunity. But for me, it doesn't work. It drives me absolutely nuts. It triggers that part of me that just wants to go to town. And that's just, that's reality. And I have to, like, that, it's like, God help me accept that reality. Give me the freedom from this thing. Let me move on. And I don't eat corn chips. I don't eat chips or any chop either. It just it does something, and I don't want to deal with that. Thanks, Anne, for your question. Nancy L has a question for you. All right, it's your turn. And then Linda G. Good morning, Ray. Thank you so much for your powerful message. My question is: Does your sister still call you for family events and? Did you show up, and what does that look like today? Thank you so much. Yes. Um, so part of the process was making amends for that. Um, 
and my family understood, but I still had to make amends. And, and part of my amends to my family is showing up. Part of my amends to just in life is I show up. I say yes to everything. And um, that was, oh, man, that's uh I'm sorry, I'm having a moment. It just feels good to say yes to everything. Like, at 485 pounds, there was no spontaneity in my life. I had to turn down, like, I had to turn down so much. I couldn't show up for so much, and I really wanted to. And I get to show up again. I get to show up. I get to live, and people love me, you know, like, I I didn't realize, like, how many people love me, and I get to show up, and I get to participate, and I get to live free, I'm sorry. Thank you, Nancy, for your question, thank you, Ori, for your Answer to that. Linda G, your question, please, and then Marla S. will come in after you. Um, Hi, Ori. Thank you so so much for your your qualification on that topic this morning. Um, It was absolutely beautiful. Um, So my question to you is if you could briefly um, talk about the process um how how you take your um sponsees through the big book um to do the steps thank you yeah yeah so uh, you know i uh i start at the i start at the preface and we go through paragraph by paragraph um yeah that's that's just how we do it um and uh, the reason I do that is because I like I firmly believe that like the big book has all the instructions we need, and it's it's surprising to me, um, at least out here, how many people haven't gone through the big book. Um, so, I mean, I. That's uh, yeah. It's as simple as that. We start at the preface and we just we start going. We break it down paragraph by paragraph, and, um, and through that whole process, it's a, it's an active process. I'm asking questions. I'm 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 seeing. You know, I'm I'm. We're both reading and we're seeing where we identify. And we're 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 talking about certain ideas and when it's when it when we're called to do work, we do the work, um, and that's how I take people through the big book. Thank you, Linda G. For your question, Marla S. Your question, please, and then Judith will come in after you. Did you say it was Marla's turn, Melanie? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, I was unmuting at the time. Lori, thank you so much. Um, I only got to hear part of your presentation. I'll have to go back and listen to the whole thing. But um, Melanie, thanks for your service too. I was just curious, um, the stuff I've heard you say so far is extremely powerful, and I just loved the last part of you sharing and your quote, having a moment, oh my gosh, that idea of 
getting to participate in life again is so true. It has been my experience too. It's so emotional. Um, so thanks for your honesty. My question is, um, I experienced times uh, I've been recovered now for about seven years. And during this time, there are days when I feel highly connected to higher power and mm-hmm. very, 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 very connected and uh, mm-hmm. feels like it's just right there in front of me. And then other days when I feel like it ebbs and flows and I feel sort of a, a distance, not, not that I feel blocked, but that I just mm-hmm. don't feel it as much. So mm-hmm. I guess I was wondering, um, are there times and how do you, how do you roll with those waves of feeling the connection and feeling kind of more like, I think it's maybe self-will coming in, self-will going out, you know, do you experience those highs and lows and are there times when you just don't feel it as much and what do you do at those times? Do you just keep walking through the same motions and behaviors that you do anyway? Or can you just talk about that, your relationship with God and your higher power over time, please? Yeah. Um, so I have this, um, I don't know where I heard it, but um, my I have this saying that, I, that it's kind of a mantra, my feet know what to do. And be where my feet are and um i don't know if there's just one strategy but uh when i'm when i'm not feeling it is it like because i have this idea like i'm a, a recovery soldier sometimes i just you know what keep following through um like for me it's just like keep following through do you know just like just keep doing what you need to do um Get to you know, it's like get to my meetings, work with my sponsees. I just keep following through, do 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 the writing, keep talking to people, because eventually the eventually, it's like the weather. You know, it's like California weather. So sometimes the sun is out, sometimes it's overcast, sometimes it's raining, sometimes it's neutral. You know, it, it just or it, it's just like the weather. I look at myself as like. My emotional, my emotional nature is like the the weather. Sometimes I'm feeling it. Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes you know it's just. In, but regardless of how I'm feeling, I just have to do like keep keep following through and uh, be where my feet are and and just keep showing up. Um, and also talk about it. You know that's that's one thing that's big for me too is when we talk about everything. Like there's there's nothing that I do that somebody doesn't know about or that I'm experiencing that somebody doesn't know about and sharing about it in real time and not judging myself about it. You know, it's just like, if I'm not feeling it today, I still take the action and just keep talk, talk to my sponsor about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeling connected or, um, you know, everything. I talk about everything, everything somebody knows. And, uh, and it's true. It's true. We've heard it for years. Like eventually this too shall pass. And it's, I think that's just a, it appears that this, that's just a part of the deal. Um, it's just a cycle. It's a flow. And as long as I keep showing up, um, I'll be all right. Thank you, Marla, for your question. Judith R., your question, please. And then Caroline P. will come after. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you, Early, so much. Um I'm curious about how you worked the steps, how long it took for each step, 
that's it. Okay. Yeah. So, I, this time around, I went through the steps in the non-traditional way. Um, my sponsor didn't take me through the big book, and I didn't discover vision until nine months in the program. And this this method that he he had me go through was um, it, somehow there's some questions the. I think it's from how, OA how, or how, I mean, there's almost a million questions in this packet. Now, of course, I'm exaggerating, but there were a lot of questions. And the questions acted as a guide, um, and it would reference back to the big book, and there were sections that um, it had you, it had me write on, um, and I would read, and, just, you know, it was just a bunch of questions that had me dig into my past, and you know what my what my relationship was like with my mom, my dad, and all kind of questions. Um, and um, for some reason, I like I don't know how, because you know it was burned in me that I had to go through it. Like you know, like I like Dick Joe, uh, Joe and Charlie workshop style. That's 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 what I knew. That's what I came from. But this time around, I just I let go, and you know I like what this guy had and. He took me through it this way, and uh, I met with him every weekend, and we would discuss the questions, and we would break them down, and we would go in further, and um, yeah, that's that's the way that I was taken through the steps. And you know, when it came to the fourth step, even though there were questions, I did extra credit and actually did it through the columns, um, and did it, you know, as instructed by the big book. But uh, you know, that was extra credit. I was on top of the questions that the 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 uh, packet had me a, uh, answer as well so that's actually how I was taken through um it was a non-traditional method but uh for some reason it it, it produced freedom um so yeah thank you Judith for your question Caroline P your question and Roanne M um hi Ollie. um um I love listening to your share. Um, I'm Caroline, a compulsive overeater. And not that I always want more, but my question has two parts. Um, you mentioned the importance of sponsoring um, as, a, as, an, uh, as essential to uh, recovery. What are your views on the value of other aspects of service in the program? And what is it that you see in other recovered members that you today um, emulate? Thank you. Yeah, so I'll answer the second part first. You know, one thing that I see, <clears throat> you know, in, in in other recovery members that I respect and program is they, they are fully immersed in this way of life. It, you know, before it used to be where, um, for me, like I said, I was one foot in, one foot out. My my life, the reason the reason that I'm living today is because of the work that I do in the spiritual life. So, like, life revolves around that. I didn't take trips in my first year or so because I was trying to protect my. I didn't want to have to do like I. I didn't want to make any fast decisions because I wanted my life to have as few disturbances like I, as possible. 
there, there were times where, you know, I didn't go every for a year. I didn't go out late. I didn't go out after a certain time because if I did, that that feeling inside of me to, to binge and then be out late night and use would come. So I didn't. I, I would. I would tuck it in for the night. That's how. That's I went to those measures. I I've, I didn't go to certain events because I didn't. I was trying to protect the gift. Um. So and it's the same today. Like. If it interferes with my work, then I I, I I gotta eliminate that. Like this this is at the center of everything. Because without this, it's it's a done deal. I just I I can't live. So like that's normal like that's what I see others. Like they fully immerse, they make this a priority. Like this is the first order of business. And um that's I guess that's that's where I'm at too, where um this has to be the top order of business for me. Um, and I forgot the first part of the, the first question. It, um, it was what what value do you see in other aspects of recovery in the program? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I have to be. I have to be a full participant. Um, I think service. It just keeps me in the middle of the herd and keeps me active in the community. Um, and I feel like it, it takes a it takes a village to raise me. I need a whole village. I need the connection. And that's what service does for me is, or that type of service, you know, taking a commitment, things like that, it just keeps me plugged into the community. And uh, because, you know, I will, I will, I will sit on the perimeter. I'm a perimeter guy. I want to keep everything at arm's length, and that's not going to work. Um, if I want to be free, I need to be plugged in in the middle of the herd, and that's part of the way that I do that is being a service, taking commitments, and uh, yeah, that's how I stay connected. Thank you, Caroline P, for the questions. Joanne M, your question, please, for Ori, and then Suzanne G will come after you. Hi, good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. And Ori, thank you so much uh, for your share. And I just wanted to, I guess, as someone who went in and out of abstinence and recovery, you know, how did you, how did you like tell yourself, okay, maybe things can be different, even though you had gone in and out so many times how did you find the faith and, you know, open-mindedness? And, you know, I know I think of the set-aside prayer, like setting aside everything you think you know and being open that maybe, you know, things could be different even though you had tried and not succeeded in the past. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I had to... You know, I think about Bill W. You know, before Bill W., there was there was I can only like Bill. There was no program, right? And I just think about that level of hopelessness that he experienced, having tried everything and nothing working. There wasn't even an AA, and. I reached a level of hopelessness where I, I, I really did believe that program didn't work for me. 
but I was faced with a tough I was faced with a tough situation because here it is I'm 485 pounds. I have this realization that I need help. I need something. This you know I, I, there's program, and that's where I know the that's the highest concentration of people that I know who are dealing with this and. They've they've experienced freedom. I know people who've experienced freedom working that life. And then there's the part of me that's like, this is not gonna. This hasn't worked for me. And it was a tough. That was a tough place to be in. I firmly believe that something in me just prevented me from experiencing freedom like them. And it was just, a, and that's why I started praying. And and I I remember vividly. Before I came back, I was just like, God, I was talking to God like just God was in the room with me, like just a friend. And it was just like, God, I don't believe in this thing. I don't, I, I can't show up to it. And I need your help. I need your help. And somehow I worked my way back. Like I, I, I came back. I worked my way back. So I, I, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer in the magic. Like there, that that was magic for me to transition from a place of disbelief and doubt to showing up. And and it, it was the, that was the magic that I kept showing up, even though my mind was telling me this is going to be another failed attempt. You're going right back to the food. That like that is the miracle. That is the magic of it. Um, so what can I tell a person? You know, what can I tell? I don't know. I keep showing up, keep praying, and asking God. Just ask God, help me, help me. Yeah. Thank you, Rowan, for your question. Suzanne G, question please, and then Rosie F. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. This is Suzanne G. Hi, Oren. Thank you so much for your share. I identified with so much. Um, where I am today, I've got 64 days in, mm-hmm. gone through the steps with my sponsor, and mm-hmm. someone has asked me to be their sponsor. Mm-hmm. And I identify with the person because they've been in program a long time, and and they've been on longer than me in another 12 steps. And as I'm walking them through the process, they keep going back to, well, you know, I've done it, da 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 And it's like, how do I impress on them the importance of setting all that aside? Um, not sure, you know, what else or you know, how to help them with that, that none of that helped them with this. So mm-hmm. how do we get to an open mind for a new experience? Can you give me any insight on that? Oh, I mean, it sounds, you know, I, I just know that when I was out of ideas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I stopped fighting. And, okay. you know, with, with my, with my, with my current sponsor in this recovery, you know, he he was taking me, like I said, he was taking me through the work in a non-traditional way. 
and I could have I could have bucked I could have bucked bucked the process and no this is how you know I've been through Joe and Charlie workshops and you know I know how to work the you know this is how you do this and we're supposed to be go starting through the preface and I you know I could have easily threw that back but instead I just you know I said whatever I just gave up I was out of ideas and I was exper- and I was experiencing relief so I was just like you know what let me just I just gave up. I surrendered. Or if he if he wants me to answer a thousand and one questions, you know, and do and do the you know if that's if that's if that's how he got to where he is, you know, nineteen years of recovery, and you know, and free, then I'll do it. I, I, that's where I was. And if somebody wants to fight, they can they can do that. They can continue to fight. Um. If they 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 have ideas that they need to to fully exhaust, and by 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 any, by no means go go ahead and do that, and let me find somebody else to work with who's willing. And when they're ready, they'll 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 I feel like they'll come back. But I just know for for the the you know me I'm a real compulsive overeater. I needed to be fully out of ideas. And I don't know. Thank if, you, Susan. Hmm, sorry. Yeah. I don't know if I would have the same recovery today if I still had ideas. Amen. Thank you, Suzanne G, for your question. Rosie F., your question, please. And that will be the last question for today. Yes. May I be heard? Yeah, you betcha. Okay. Um I'd like to, the question I have is, do you work two programs and how do you do that together? Does your OA issues go into the other one and the other one go into the OA issues? And if you do work two programs also, um, do you have two sponsors? How do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, I don't work two programs, um, but I'm flirting with the second one though. (laughs) So I don't, I don't have any experience with that. Maybe, uh, (laughs) Well, I'll have more information on that later on. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm flirting with another one right now. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe, maybe added to that is if I could, you know, you said doing life. Well, you said putting everything, your recovery in front of everything. Is that including your work? You know, the you know your livelihood, all that. Yeah. Um. You know. Just recently, um, there. So, recently, I had an interview, um, and if 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 I were to have been, if I if I would have gotten that job, I would have had to move, and that was something that was, you know, it was really big for me. I had to consider the fellowship that I have here. I would be leaving the fellowship that I have here. Like, even though I could, you know, I can connect anywhere, but. The fellowship that I have here is very important to me, um, and the group of guys that I plug in with is very important to me. And um, that was something that uh, I was really considering. Like, if I if they would have offered me that job, like, would I have really moved? Um, that, because that's just how important it is to protect what I have. Um, and not to say that you know this the the fellowship is is a big supportive piece and what allows me to to live the way I live like 
everything has to surround everything has to revolve around the program and the steps like you know I don't know how 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 has to you know say that to really drive home the importance that this is giving me a life. You know, this is not a this is this is this is my life. Yeah, that's that's the best way I can answer that one. Thank you, Rosie, for your question this morning, for all the questions this morning. Um, and Ori, you offered so much of yourself today. It, the raw humility is is just absolutely heart touching to the bone, and the modeling of how you protect the gift is very evident today. We're so grateful for what you offered today. What a gracious, gracious thing! Thank you. We will. Yes, the share ID for today, I want to mention again, Sunday, October 13th, 2019, is 13513, 13,513, if you want to go back and listen again to this fabulous presentation. We will now close with the reading on page 164, as we always do. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the fellow who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep